1: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus episode of the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year and thanks again for joining us for another installment of another christmas story i just need to humble brag for a moment here because normally the day before these thursday episodes drop I am on my computer until about midnight, putting the final editing touches on, recording my intro and outro, adding music and things like that. But it is currently Monday, March 15th, when I'm getting this all done, so I couldn't be prouder of myself. This week's chapter, Chapter 7, will be read to you by the lovable Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter Podcast. And in this chapter, you'll meet two new main characters and be introduced to another point of view that this story will alternate between and it's actually the penultimate point of view uh, you'll be introduced to so next week we'll introduce you to yet another new character and that's the last individual point of view that the book will keep switching between as the novel progresses throughout the year so after next week every time we bounce back and forth and back and forth between chapters and characters you'll have met all the main players so that's exciting that's a milestone within the book itself so like i said todd killian of christmas clatter podcast will be reading you today's chapter and i could go on and on and on about what an awesome guy todd is and how amazing his podcast is but as i don't have any other housekeeping for y'all this week i'll just let todd do do it himself. So Todd, take it away.
0: Hi, I'm Todd Killian. I'd like to thank uh, Anthony and Tiz the Podcast for asking me to be a part of another Christmas story. It's an honor to read the chapter. If, uh, if you're not familiar with me, I host the Christmas Clatter podcast. It's found wherever you can find podcasts, christmasclatter.com. Also, we have uh, blogs there available. We have a free email newsletter that I invite you to sign up for. And uh, Christmas Clatter is just a podcast that celebrates everything that makes Christmas special. If it's music, movies, TV, games, decorations, gifts, friends, family, or even those quiet moments of reflection that happen around the holidays at Christmas Clatter, we're here to celebrate it. Let's begin. Chapter 7, Step Into Christmas, December 24th, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Dwyer, Lee, would you two pay attention? Officer Seamus Dwyer and Andrew Lee, two middle-aged patrolmen who'd been with the NYPD for over a decade, immediately stopped laughing at the joke the former had been telling the latter and snapped back into attention at the direction of their commanding officer. They were sitting at the back of a large group of policemen who were gathered for the precinct-wide morning meeting. Lindsay Pendleton, the commanding officer of the NYPD's Midtown North Precinct, was staring daggers at the partner from where she stood at the front of the room. Is there something you would like to share with the rest of the group? She asked, condescendingly, like a schoolteacher reprimanding two young children as mingled snorts of laughter and aspirated sighs emanated amongst her assembled underlings. Dwyer and Lee exchanged a glance out of the corner of their eye, doing their best not to laugh and daring not to look at one another full on. Given the mumbled joke had been a dirty one involving the woman in charge of them, neither were particularly eager to share it. So in unison, like good little soldiers that they were supposed to be, both of them replied, No, ma'am. Are you sure? Pendleton asked sardonically. You know I love a good joke. Jameis Dwyer bit down hard on his lower lip, desperate not to prevent a laugh from escaping his throat lindsey pendleton with her bosomy figure red hair and sexy freckled face had never so much as chuckled in front of the men and women she commanded she sure as hell wasn't going to start now by allowing herself to indulge in a joke at her expense luckily he didn't have to answer her because andrew lee did it for the both of them we're sure ma'am then pay attention pendleton instructed this is important She smacked an enormous map of Manhattan and its surrounding boroughs that took up the entire wall behind her. Brightly colored pins were stuck into it, marking strategic locations while multicolored arrows, Xs, and circles were drawn all over it to denote information such as routes, checkpoints, and everything else the commanding officer wanted to convey. As you know, it's going to be a very long, busy day today, Pendleton explained. To her subordinates, in addition to maintaining our normal see something, say something, and other counterterrorism activities, Winter Storm Elsa is expected to plumble our city hard. As such, we can expect higher than average amount of traffic incidents, and if the power goes out, crime. I know the commissioner has been trying to convince the mayor to issue a state of emergency so that we can keep all vehicles minus emergency personnel off the roads, but it's been a no-go so far. Her nostrils flared in annoyance as her shoulders slumped slightly. Apparently, the amount of money the city would lose by effectively shutting down on Christmas Eve is too great to even consider doing that at this juncture. Seamus and Andrew exchanged a covert look at the words. And they weren't the only ones. Knowing glances were being exchanged all over the room. It was common knowledge amongst the police officers that the current mayor of New York City, Robert DeBellis, was less concerned with local issues directly affecting his constituents as he was setting his sights on creating a national name for himself. commanding Officer Pendleton either didn't notice the sneaking looks or didn't care, for she plowed on without taking a breath. As if that alone weren't enough, as you all know, the President of the United States will be in town hosting two foreign delegations, which included the Prime Minister of Canada and the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Due to security concerns, we've all been called into work today to ensure that we can keep them safe, not only from the wackadoos out there, but also from the severe weather we are expecting. The eyes on the entire world will be on Manhattan today, ladies and gentlemen. There is absolutely no room for us to make errors. Seamus thrust his hand high into the air, and without waiting for his superior to acknowledge him, he asked, snowstorm aside, is there a reason She had to fly into the city on one of the busiest tourism days of the year. Pendleton pursed her lips, clearly annoyed at having been interrupted, but she answered the officer calmly nevertheless. Her staff maintains that it's purely a social visit, but given the fact that efforts have made the trip postponed due to Elsa, have fallen on deaf, stubborn ears, something tells me it's more than just that. She shrugged, it's not our responsibility to question the president. It's our job to protect her. As such, the commissioner, myself, the other precinct commanders have been closely coordinating our efforts with the Secret Service in order to do exactly that. Speaking of which, the Secret Service wanted us to pass along our thanks for allowing us to pull you away from your families this Christmas Eve to serve our country. Seamus sulked silently. He had not originally been slated to work that day, but like Andrew and many others, he had been called in for mandatory overtime. It was certainly an inconvenience for him, not in the least due to the fact that him and his wife Ashley were going through a rough patch at the moment. Things were so strained in fact that they had even been contemplating divorce. They had agreed to wait to see how the holidays went at first, however, before pulling that metaphorical trigger. Unfortunately, the fact that Seamus was sitting in a meeting at the precinct at that very moment instead of Boarding a plane to Massachusetts with his wife and kids to spend Christmas with his in-laws probably didn't bode well for his standing in his wife's eyes. He didn't know what the woman expected from him, though. She knew that this was all part of the job, which he had already been working for a few years when they met for the first time. Despite this fact, he was still annoyed at having been called into work. He had always taken the holidays off. It was supposed to be a perk of his seniority, He saved his vacation days all year. Still, he reasoned with himself that it would all be worth it in the end. After all, how many people could say that they spent the day helping the Secret Service protect the first woman president of the United States? The officers of the 113th Precinct will escort President Motorcade from JFK into Manhattan. But the moment they hit FDR Drive, the precincts within the island's boundary will take over security duty. Pendleton explained, as she pulled a piece of paper out from her folder and she held in her hands. Judging from the schedule the Secret Service has provided us with, the President and the two Prime Ministers will be spending the majority of the day in Midtown, which is our jurisdiction. As such, we will be doing the bulk of the work when it comes to aiding the Secret Service and protecting all parties involved, in addition to keeping the streets within are order safe, as per usual, so here is the itinerary for the day, so we will all be aware where the commander-in-chief will be at all times. She passed the folder in her hands to the officer in the front row of the seat who withdrew the itinerary for herself before passing it along to the policeman sitting next to her who did the same. While the folder circulated, Pendleton continued. Now listen closely. Well, I'll give you all your assignment for the day. As the commanding officer began calling out the names and partnerships, assigning various responsibilities and locations for the day, Andrew Lee allowed his mind to wander somewhat as he received the folder being passed around. After withdrawing a sheet of paper from within it and passing the folder along to Seamus, he scanned the schedule with interest. Whether or not the president was coming to town to show her foreign guests a good time or not, for all intents and purposes... It appeared as though she would be keeping up appearances of a social visit for the benefit of the public and the media. According to the schedule, she would be making a stop to see the Rockefeller Center Christmas Tree, visiting Radio City Music Hall to see the Rockettes perform, and would be laying a wreath at the altar of St. Patrick's Cathedral before partaking in a private prayer in addition to embarking on a driving tour of the island. Andrew thought that it was a bold move for a woman whom the people criticized for facilitating a new Cold War with Russia to seemingly be taking a very public vacation in the midst of a crisis. But what did he know? As Lindsay had stated moments earlier, it wasn't their job to criticize the president, but to protect her. Frankly, Andrew couldn't be happier personally with the president, whom he proudly voted for, for planning a last-minute Christmas Eve trip into his city. It got him out of a family dinner that evening that he wasn't particularly looking forward to due to the fact it had the potential to be extremely awkward for him. His parents' strict Christian Asian Americans were hosting a meal at their house that night for their kids, their spouses, and their grandchildren, and that included Andrew and his current partner. The only problem was his parents didn't know yet that he was gay and had been living with another man for the Past year and a half. He had been planning on breaking the news to his entire family that evening, arm in arm with his boyfriend Barry, and had been making himself sick over it. His parents, whom he loved dearly, were extremely old fashioned, and he didn't anticipate them taking the news very well. So he was glad when the commanding officer had informed them of the president's impeding visit and the mandatory overtime that would be involved. It only delayed the inevitable by another day at most. However, as Barry would be attending his family's Christmas Day celebrations with him, and there was one major downside to the mandatory overtime as well. Barry was now annoyed with Andrew, convinced that he had planned to back out of the Christmas Eve all along, as if he had any say over his schedule at the precinct when the leader of the free world decided to swing by Manhattan for a last-minute visit. What the hell? Seamus' explanation shook Andrew from his own thoughts, causing him to turn in his seat to face his partner curiously. What's wrong? Weren't you paying attention, Seamus hissed, so quietly that only Andrew could hear him. We weren't assigned to the detail that would be shadowing the president all day. So? So, Seamus repeated with his eyes in wide disbelief at the nonchalance of his partner was exhibiting. That's bullshit. We were forced in from our holiday vacations and we can't even say we got to be around the president all day. Well, we can't all be. All right. Lindsay Pendleton clapped her hands loudly in front of the room in order to command the attention of all those gathered before her once again. When the various voices around the room had all be quieted down, she said, I just want you to remember to be extra vigilant today. You're all excellent members of the force, and our precinct has a fantastic record. Let's not screw that up today, of all days, okay? After she received some quiet muttering and vague reassurances in response, she nodded her head curtly. Well, off you go, she jerked her head at the door leading out to the room. As their fellow officers began scrambling to their feet around them, talking excitedly as they made their way towards the exits, Seamus elbowed Andrew hard. Come on, where are we going, Andrew asked, as his partner sprang to his feet. Officer Pendleton, Seamus called loudly, eliciting a small groan from Andrew as their superior turned to face the two men. What is it, Dwyer? Pendleton asked before sarcastically adding, Did you want to tell me that joke you had, Lee, in a fit of hysteria earlier? Andrew grinned guiltily at the word as he and Seamus came to a stop in front of the woman. Though they both loomed large over her, there was something about her presence, her professional, almost icy demeanor and confidence that intimidated the two men, making them feel like little boys when they stood there before her. Actually, Seamus began, we were just wondering why we weren't assigned to the cavalcade of officers joining the Secret Service and shadowing the President all day. Because I assigned you to patrol work instead, Pendleton replied without missing a beat, seemingly confused as to why she needed to provide an explanation to begin with. Be happy with that. I could have given you traffic stops, then I'm giving you the freedom to roam around Midtown. Should be grateful. Andrew nodded his understanding, but dismayed to see Seamus remain indignant. But why didn't you assign us to the president's detail? Because I'm your boss, Pendleton shrugged before turning her back to the two men and making her way towards the door of the room. Come on, Seamus exclaimed, his voice nearly a whine now. Lindsay! That's Officer Pendleton to you, Dwyer, the commanding officer whipped around irate. Her subordinate was still questioning her authority. She stared up into his eyes, her own flashing dangerously. They were standing close, barely an inch apart as they glared at one another, and he could see the sparks of sexual chemistry flying between the two of them. Smirking to himself, Andrew was convinced that the two could be poster children for saying, there's a thin line between love and hate. I'm your boss, and you will do well to remember that. Do you understand? Come on, Seamus replied, the corners of his mouth turning slightly upward in a hint of smile. We're your two best officers. Exactly, Pendleton rolled her eyes, taking a few steps backwards from the man in order to survey both him and Andrew at the same time. Why do you think I assigned you to patrol work rather than protecting the president? Because the areas surrounding where the president is scheduled to be at any given time are the most dangerous, not her exact location where she's surrounded by hordes of secret service agents and members of NYPD. That's why I'm assigning you guys to patrol work. You need to prevent anything bad from happening that has the potential to cause enough chaos that it could possibly extend to the president and her guests themselves. I wouldn't trust anybody else with such an important responsibility. All right. Seamus and Andrew exchanged a surprised look. Both were taken aback by the woman's candor and confidence in them. The former, however, didn't seem fully satisfied with the answer. But Pendleton groaned loudly, drowning out whatever he was about to say. The other reason I didn't want you on the president's detail was because you can't follow instructions. I will not have you embarrassing me or undermining me in front of her. Get better at obeying orders and I will consider putting you on her detail next time she's in town. She turned on her heel and marched towards the door of the room, calling back to both men without glancing over her shoulders at them. Now get out on the street and get to work. Don't let me down. Without another word, she disappeared from the room, leaving Seamus and Andrew alone together. That went well, Andrew said brightly, only somewhat sarcastically. Who knew she had so much faith in us? Seamus glared at his partner before relenting and conceding. It's nice to know, I suppose, he flashed a small grin. We can use it to our advantage in the future. Andrew rolled his eyes at that remark. Typical Seamus, always looking for an angle to exploit. But still, I'm none too pleased at being called away from my family to perform patrol work on Christmas Eve. I mean, come on. He glanced around the empty room, frustrated. It's going to be all petty crimes and traffic-related incidents today due to the snow. Everyone else is going to be inside, staying warm. We're better than this. It's all part of the job, Andrew gently reminded him. We have to take the bad with the good and the mundane with the exciting. Seamus glared at him. I hate it when you're right. Seamus groaned loudly. I'd still rather be on a plane out of here with my family right now. There's no way I'd be able to get a flight out after our shift ends tonight. Not if Elsa's really going to be as bad as they say it is. Andrew nodded sympathetically before gently asking. Things still aren't the greatest with Ashley, I take it? You could say that, Seamus muttered darkly before asking. Come on, you're not upset about missing your family dinner tonight? Weren't you finally going to introduce them to Barry? "'There's always tomorrow. What's one more day?' blushing Andrew shrugged nonchalantly. Seamus surveyed his partner suspiciously through narrowed eyes, immediately sensing that he didn't want to discuss the matter further with him. So deciding not to push, he checked his watch. "'Only 17 more hours until we're off duty.' It'll fly by like that,' Andrew snapped fingers with a smile before jerking his head at the door of the room. "'What do you say? Shall we hit the street?' We may as well, Seamus replied with a sigh as he followed Andrew to the door. At least the snow should help put us in the Christmas spirit, if nothing else.
1: Doesn't Todd have such a relaxing voice, everybody? I I just want to say I am still, seven weeks in, eight weeks in, technically counting the prologue, blown away by the amount of talent that's agreed to bring help bring my book to life. So thank you, Todd, and thank you for everybody who's agreed to participate so far. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to this project week in and week out i'm continuously blown away by your enthusiasm for the story and the positive feedback you keep giving me and i'm so grateful honestly that you are embarking on this year-long journey and this ride if you will to see where the story and these characters go and i'm glad many of you seem invested in it not just as another way to count down to christmas 2021 but you're invested in the outcome that as the creator of this it means so much to me so please keep the feedback coming if you're enjoying the story consider sharing it with your family and friends and your social media feeds in order to get in front of as many ears as possible or as many eyes because as always the text of this chapter and every chapter you hear is made available on our website each week as well so if reading is more of your thing more their thing our weekly installments can be found at www.tisthepodcast.com And if you enjoy Podcast proper, if you ever want to comment on a movie or television show we discuss, give us feedback on a specific episode, comment on this book, or just interact with us and other listeners of the show in general, check out our social media feeds. All you have to do to get to each one is go to www.tissapodcast.com backslash facebook backslash twitter instagram reddit or facebook group as many of you already know our facebook group is by far the most active of our social media pages it's busy year-round and not just with christmas chatter although that is obviously our primary focus There's plenty of talk about pop culture, movies, TV shows, comic books, memes, and other holidays as well. Especially those other Burr Month holidays that lead up to Christmas itself, like Halloween and Thanksgiving. I know Halloween in particular has as many fans in our group as christmas does the group has also become kind of a one-stop shop for many of the christmas podcasts you know and love that are part of the christmas podcast network so not only will you find new episodes of Tissa podcast there and get to interact with julia tom and myself there but you'll find new episodes of todd's show christmas clatter there jerry d's show totally rad christmas matt york's show tgi podcast a cozy christmas podcast advent calendar house podcast all of your favorites posted there as well and find all the hosts of said shows you know and love in the group too always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything seriously it's full of people from all over the world so man no matter what your time zone no matter what time of day you post where you are there's going to be somebody else who will engage you it's seriously a mini christmas family that's formed within the facebook group full of the best people you will ever meet and i can confidently say on behalf of julia tom and myself that out of everything that's grown out of this podcast we are most proud of the community that's formed around it via this facebook group and speaking of the podcast in general, if you want more bonus episodes, Christmas cards, enamel pins, ringtones, etc., check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash or wwwtisapodcastcom backslash Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show. This past Sunday, we dropped an episode in which I discussed with listener Kendall and I know I'm pronouncing that wrong again, even though she just told me how to pronounce it. So sorry, Kendall. In which we discuss the hit, very underappreciated comedy on FX slash FXX. You're the worst. A Justice League episode is in the works with Jerry D of Totally Rad Christmas, in which we'll discuss all things Justice League, including at this point the Snyder Cut, which drops today. If you're listening to this on the day of drops julia tom and myself this very evening if you're listening to this the day it drops are recording our our annual easter patreon episode as well and we want to do an episode on wandavision sometime soon plenty of stuff in the pipeline for patreon including including new fireside chats we're trying to schedule various listeners such as disco 54 who you might have heard us talk about once or twice and mike westfall of advent calendar house podcast and we want to dive back into Christmas movie commentaries with Home Alone and Christmas Vacation in the coming months. And we are still, and I say this every week, and it never happens, but I promise you we're still gonna do our episode or episodes on the long Halloween this year. We're still committed to it. We just have to find the time. So plenty of stuff in the pipe for Patreon this year. So if you're not a patron yet, now's the time to subscribe. And if you are a patron, just hang in there because you're about to get a plethora of material. All the money we make goes into improving the quality of our show and coming up with new swag to give to all of y'all. And once the pandemic is over, whether this year, but most likely probably next year, we do want to do some kind of live show meetup, probably near New York City around Christmas time. So money that we make via Patreon will also go toward funding that. If you don't want to subscribe to Patreon, however, you can help the show in a free way by leaving us a review on iTunes because every new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. Coming up on our main show this upcoming Monday, March 22nd, you'll get to hear our episode in which we discuss the four Christmas episodes of the 90s classic Boy Meets World, in which the three of us were joined by Matt Urich of TGI Podcast. And on Tuesday, Tom, Julia, and I will be recording our episode on the second three Christmas installments of Home Improvement, which will drop in your main feeds March 29th. Before that, however, next Thursday, March 25th, you'll get to hear Chapter 8 of Another Christmas Story, in which you'll be introduced to the character of Hudson Jackson. As for who's reading it, that's kind of up in the air right now. We did have a guest scheduled. don't know if it's fallen through, so I don't want to say who it is in case it has. But if it doesn't fall through, rest assured that you're going to love it. And if it does fall through, no worries. You're still going to get the chapter. Probably myself, Julia, or Tom will read it to you, however. Either way, you'll get new content next Thursday. So once again, thank you all for your love and support. We couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of you. You are seriously the best, and we are so lucky to, we get to consider a lot of you legitimate friends. So do your homework, watch Boy Meets World, and the next three holiday installments of Home Improvement. We clearly have lots of fun, exciting stuff coming up, but that's not the most exciting news we have. To reveal that, I'm going to kick it back to Todd.
0: Thanks for listening. I'm Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter. And there's only 282 days until Christmas. And remember, keep Christmas hope alive every day
1: thanks todd i don't think i really need to add anything to that so let's go out on a high note until monday bye y'all have a great weekend